minister to us, Lord, that which you want to say to us. Touch our hearts, Lord, that may we not live this place the same, but Lord, may we hear a word that encourages us, that comforts us, that transforms us, Lord, that helps us even to go into this week with greater faith and greater expectation and a greater hope in you, Lord. And so we just welcome you. We just invite your presence to, we just invite the spirit of wisdom and revelation that may you minister to our hearts, even as we, even as we hear your word, Lord. And Father God, I pray that tonight, have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God. We welcome you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, uh, for the past two Sundays, we've been speaking around, um, you know, Esty spoke on the first Sunday about, you know, what you like um, what we believe and what we think. We, we, like as a man thinks, so is he. And it was just talking about how what we believe and what we think is actually very important. And that what we believe, we can attract. We attract what we believe, right? And I, that's pretty much how faith works. And that's also how fear works. <laughs> you know, how many of you have, have ever been so scared that you imagine something to be there that it's not there? I don't know about you guys, when you're a kid, <laughs> you're in your room and, <laughs> you know, there's a shadow uh, maybe coming from your jacket and you think it's a monster or someone that's standing there that you believe it so much, it feels real. You see it moving, you see it do all manner of things. <laughs> but that's just, it's because of the imagination and just because of how we think about this thing. And, you know, last week, Uncle was speaking about transforming and renewing our minds. And I'm really just going to fundamentally continue on that. You know, um, God brought me to study the word repentance. <laughs> you know, um, as, a, as a leadership team, we've been in a prayer, uh, we've been praying and fasting over this week. And, you know, the theme of today was revival. Um, we were praying for revival. And God made me realize that you can't, there's no revival without repentance. In fact, there's no Christianity without repentance. Right? If you read the, the gospel, throughout the gospel, you hear how John the Baptist was going around preaching repentance. He was preparing the way of the Lord by what? Preaching repentance. Um, Jesus and his disciples says they went about preaching the gospel, baptizing people. And in the preaching of the gospel, they were preaching repentance for people to turn away from their sins, to turn away from their wicked ways, right? But what does the word repentance actually mean? Like, I was thinking about that. What does it mean? Is it just us going to God and say, God, forgive me for my sins? Because, yeah, that is a part of it. But what is the true meaning of repentance. Repentance means a change of mind. A change of mind. And I'm beginning to see and realize how this is so fundamental and how this is so important in our Christian walk. Right? As believers, if we do not change our mind, we cannot walk in the fullness of what God has for us. 
of what God has called us to. Why? Because heaven, <laughs> there's, a whole, there's a whole other way of thinking. It says that his ways are not our ways, right? The ways of God are not our ways. The thinking, how God thinks, <laughs> is not how we think. It says in the Bible that, you know, God uses the foolish things of this world to confirm the wise. You know, how God does things is not how we have been trained up and how we have been taught to do things. And you see that in the life of Jesus. You know, when, um, when Jesus was with his disciples and they were in the boat and there was a storm, right? The disciples were scared. They were screaming. They came to Jesus and said, do you not care that we're going to die? How are you going to sleep when we're about to die right here? You know, I saw one, one TikTok video of someone filming waves <laughs> in the sea, and it looks scary. And, yeah, that was the kind of storm that they were in. Like, the waves were probably as big as this building. And I'm like, Jesus, how can you be so harsh? Like, <laughs> look at this storm. Look at this waves. He woke up, right, and then he spoke to the storm, and he said, peace, be still. And then he turned around. And to the disciples, and he rebuked them for not having faith. How many of you think that's a bit harsh, based on how we've been taught to think, right? That's just a show of, you know, how our way of thinking is very different to how God's way of thinking. Because if it was any of, like, as in how we've been trained up and grown up, Jesus would have woken up and joined us all in screaming. <laughs> you know, fear, we've been taught fear from a very young age. You're taught to fear. You're taught to worry. You're taught not to, you know, fear. You know, how many people say, oh, uh, how many times have you heard a child being told, don't do that, otherwise this will happen to you, even though it will not happen to them, right? But just, we've even been trained up with fear. But when you start to look at it from God's perspective, God hates fear. God has not called us into fear. So this shows us, this is just one example that shows us that the way of thinking, the way that we've been trained to think, the way that this world thinks is completely contrary to the way that God thinks, the ways of God. You see, Jesus, that's one of the things he was demonstrating throughout the gospel. When the Pharisees uh, would come to him and ask him questions, for example, one of the questions they came and asked him, um, about, you know, about, he was talking about, um, uh, first, like, there was a whole question about divorce, and then Jesus came up with a whole new way, and then Jesus actually went on to explain that the reason why that law was given to you was because of the hardness of your heart. You know, that's why that was given to you. And then you see also when Jesus was talking about love, that you've been taught eye for an eye, because eye for an eye makes sense. <laughs> you done me dirty, I'm going to do you dirty too. You know, let me come after you. That makes sense. Revenge, you hear that everywhere in the world, right? Like, oh, don't let, if, how are you going to take that? Are you just going to let that person do that to you? But actually, then Jesus comes and says, no, you're to forgive. And then Peter said, is that, uh, you know, is that once or twice a day? Is there a limit to how many times I'm meant to forgive? Jesus, when I told him, actually, forgive your brother 77 times 7. Ah! That is a lot. In one day, 
So, you know, Jesus is saying just, you know, you think someone has done something to annoy you three times and you think that's it. It's over. Again, this shows for us, because of the way that we've been taught to think, it is very unnatural. Even right now, if you went, if someone did something so bad to you and you went to people and said, I've forgiven them, I've forgiven him. A lot of people come to you and say, are you mad? <laughs> you know, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> like, in the way that the world thinks, most people will actually look at you like a fool. How are you being so foolish to forgive this person, to let go of this thing? But actually, when you come into the kingdom of God, repentance is key. Repentance is a is one of the fundamental things that we must do daily and it's a continuous part of our Christian life because if we are really to walk and to seek first the kingdom of God, we can't do it with the same mindset that the world carries. You know, I'm going to go to that verse that Anka preach, uh, was preaching from um, last week. If you, open, if you can open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Um, if you read from verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as, as, you, as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitude, so that you may prove for yourself what is the will of God, and that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan. We can't, it says that the reason why we even need to renew our mind is so that we can prove what is the will of God for ourselves. We can't, we can't prove, we can't know what the will of God is and until you renew your mind. Right? You need to renew. You know, sometimes I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. But our minds and even how we're thinking about it is very, you know, is very anti what God, uh, is very contrary to what, you know, God has set for us to think. So I'll give an example. You can come to God and say, okay, God, what is your plan for my life? And then, you know, you're asking God, but actually you're believing that now God can't speak to me. I don't believe that God still speaks. He's really not going to answer anyway. It's very difficult to find out the will of God for our lives anyway, right? It's a prayer that we're making, but our mind and how we're thinking is contrary to even what we're saying ourselves, that we've, you know, held this belief. And I, and I give that example because that's something I hear over and over again, that it's very difficult to discover God's will for our lives. Right? So if you've already gone into the place of asking God, into the place of prayer to say, you know, and you want to discover what God's will for your life is, and you've already told yourself it's difficult, no matter how hard God will try and speak to you, you might not be able to see it because your mind is already closed off. Your heart is already closed off to hearing, you know, his word. And this is, um, you know, 
in the Bible, it says that um, there was, uh, Jesus was saying that, you know, there's this verse that says, they worship me with their lips, but their hearts, their hearts are far from me. And I think it was ST last week was explaining about that the heart actually, you know, we don't think with our, you know, I don't know if any of you think with your, <laughs> with your hearts, you know, the left and right ventricle. I don't know if any of you think like that, but actually was explaining how our heart even speaks of our subconscious mind, right? It talks about our mind, that there's a, we have to protect our mind. So it says that they worship me with their lips, but their mind are far from me. That's one way of putting it. How many of you, I can admit that I've done it, have you ever been in the place of like prayer and worship? You're praying, words are coming out of your mouth, or you're singing, but your mind is not here. <laughs> have you ever been hungry? You're in worship. <laughs> you're thinking of McDonald's, right? But because we all know, here I am to worship, <laughs> you know, you're singing, here I am to worship, that our minds are far away from from even what we're saying. You know, it says that um, when it talks about loving God, it says that you shall love the Lord your God, God with all your heart, with all your might, and with all your strength. And it says, with all your mind. There's an element in which we love God with our mind, with how we think, with how we reason. And it's not easy. It's a process of renewal and transforming. Why? Because you, when you come into the kingdom of God, it's a process of unlearning that which you have been taught and relearning the ways of God. But if you're not aware of the fact that you have to relearn, you have to retrain your mind, you continue to walk or continue to do this Christian life and you're, you might be unsatisfied. You're like, okay, God, I've been doing this thing for this long, but nothing, I don't seem to be progressing or I keep going back to the same place. I keep going back to where I am. I, I'm not any different from when I started. Nothing is changing. Nothing is moving. But have we done what the word says about renew, renewing our mind? Have we repented? Have we changed our minds? Have we transformed our minds? Because we can come and say, okay, how many of you have ever, like, you know you've sinned against God. You come back like, God, I'm never going to do it again. Tomorrow, <laughs> God, I'm never going to do it again. I, I've done it, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not going to happen again. But then you start realizing, and sometimes you get there, you start asking, ah, God, is it that you've said I've been freed from sin? I've been freed from the power of sin and death? Why is it that I'm still struggling? in this area, why is it that I'm still finding it difficult to come out of this place? And sometimes it's just that our way of thinking in that area, even our way of thinking about 
that reality of being freed from sin does not align with God's word. So we're not experiencing the transforming power of the truth of God's word because we ourselves have not come to believe it. We've not come to understand it. We've not changed our mind to start thinking in that way. We've not transformed our mind to start thinking in that way. And you see how the power of going through that process of transforming and renewing their, our minds. Um, you know, the same disciples that I was talking about, that in the boat, they were, <laughs> you know, they were screaming, saying, Jesus, we're, just, we're going to die, and they don't care, right? In the book of Acts, we see very different people. First of all, that part of that was as a result of the power of the Holy Spirit. But also, I believe that they'd walked with Jesus for three years. They'd seen how he does things. He had taught them a way of thinking, a way of reasoning. That in the book of Acts chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 29, it was, you know, they got arrested and they got threatened that if you preach the gospel again, they're throwing you in prison. We're going to beat you up. We're going to kill you from the Pharisees. But in the book of, um, in Acts 4, verse 29, instead of crying, oh, God, we're going to perish. Do you not care that we perish? What they did was that they went before God, right? Because their way of thinking was different now. They did not see themselves as, you know, they were just going to perish just like that. They went to God with a whole new level of faith, a whole new level of thinking that they prayed this prayer. It says, um, let me, um, I'll read in the NIV. It says, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. They're like, actually, you know, we're not scared of being beat up. We're not scared of dying. This is essentially what these people were saying. We're not scared of being put in prison. In fact, God, give us greater boldness to stand and to preach. The danger that they were, you know, these are the same men that when Jesus was arrested, they all ran. They all ran. They were not there. Only John was there at the cross. These same men are the, now they're the same men that are coming and standing before God and say, actually, they might kill us. They might put us in prison. But no, God, I need you to fill me with greater boldness to stand and to preach. And they went back into the very streets, into the very places that they were told that if you came back here, we're locking you up. What causes a man to have that level of craziness? Right? Because they were walking into danger. They were walking into danger. But I believe that a transformation had taken place between Jesus's, even Jesus' death and Jesus' resurrection and ascension and then coming onto the day of Pentecost and coming into this revival that they were in, something had changed. Something had changed. There was repentance. 
You see, the difference between, um, you see, Peter denied Jesus at the cross um, as the, when he was arrested. Judas betrayed Jesus as well. But there were two very different outcomes for both of these people. One ended up becoming the leader of the church. <laughs> the other killed himself and ended up in hell. Right? But how many of you agree with me that it's the same God that forgave Peter that could have forgiven Judas? But the difference is that, you see, this, this is something that has baffled me um, when I read that story. You know, Judas actually felt bad that he returned the money. He gave back the money that they gave him for betraying Jesus. You know, they used it to buy land. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he gave back the money. So you can say in a sense that he was remorseful. Right? How many of you would agree that that's an act of remorseful? That it was actually sorrow and being sad of what he had done that led him to crucify, to, to hang himself. But the difference between Judas and Peter is that Judas was overwhelmed by his sorrow that he didn't even repent. He didn't repent. He did not. I'd like to think he probably did not see how Jesus could forgive him. He didn't see how God could, you know, could forgive him for doing such a thing. But Peter, on the other hand, he felt sorrowful. He even cried. He said when the cop, uh, after he denied him the th third time, he cried and ran away. But Peter, the moment he saw Jesus, he ran to him. And he asked him for forgiveness. I believe that Peter had a greater revelation of the love that Jesus had. The mercy of God. That even in the same, when they were in similar situation where they betrayed Jesus, he knew that he could run. He knew that he could run. He, he was able to run back to him. And that's the same thing with us. That if we don't transform and renew our mind and actually understand the ways of God and get to acquaint ourselves with the ways of God. Acquaint ourselves with the character of God. That in situations where we're meant to run to him, we will run away and put ourselves in even further trouble. In situations where we can call on him for help, we can hold on to our own beliefs that, actually, why would God help me? I'm the one that put myself in this situation in the first place. We will hold on to beliefs that take us further away from him. But when you begin to understand that it says that he's, he's a merciful God, 
He's a loving God. He says he is just and faithful to forgive of all. He's um he he's a loving God. Like we were singing and like Josh was saying. We have to renew our minds. This is a message for me too. Right? And this is a process that God has been taking me through over this past couple of weeks. Where he's had to remind me in certain situations that no, the way that you're thinking and seeing this situation and how you're handling this situation shows that you don't trust me. You you don't... (laughs) You're not dependent on me. You don't believe in my ability to come and help you. In what areas of our lives are the way that we're thinking hindering us from receiving the help or from seeing God, from inviting God into our situations? In what areas of our lives is God actually in control? Is he actually leading us? In what areas are we partnering with God? Or is it that our mindsets are limiting us from partnering with him, from walking with him? For being blessed by him. And I feel like this message is just to challenge us to look. You know, God is so faithful. He is so patient with us. Right? That even in that process where we get it wrong. You know, like we sang in that song that time and time again, you come after us. He stands by us. You see, when when Peter messed up, (laughs) Jesus didn't say, you know, when Peter came back to him, he didn't stand there for a second like, "Mm, now you want me. You know, this is is what baffles me about the love of God. Do you realize that Jesus didn't even go back to what Peter did? He didn't even remind him of what he did. But Jesus started speaking into his destiny. He started speaking into his calling. He started speaking to the Peter that he has created, the Peter that he sees. He started to bring that Peter out. You know, Jesus asked him the question, do you love me? And then he said, feed my sheep. Because Jesus could see the Peter that then stood (laughs) on the day of Pentecost, preaching to thousands. That's the Peter that he could see. And sometimes, you know, when, when our minds are not renewed and our minds are not transformed, it's hard for us to see ourselves the way that God sees us. 
when we fall short sometimes, when we, when we fall into sin or when we, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the, decep- that's the deception that sin has, that it blinds us from seeing ourselves the way that God sees us and also when the circumstances of life come sometimes when we're going through challenging situation and that mountain in front of us it seems so large it can actually taint our views of seeing God like the way we're meant to see him to see how big God is to see how great God is but we can choose to change the way that we're thinking in a situation. <laughs> you know, um, I love this uh, this story of healing in the Bible when it says, um, I think it was a blind man. I'm not, um, I'm, I'm not sure. And they were brought, um, he was brought before Jesus. And it says, what sin did this guy's parents commit that he was born blind? And then Jesus said, it's not that they were in sin, but it was an opportunity. God wanted to use this opportunity to show like his power, like for this miracle to happen. That's two very different ways of thinking. There's a situation happening. Jesus in the storm, the disciples saw it as their doom, as the end. Jesus saw it as an opportunity to command the winds and the storm and to show forth God's power and glory in that situation. In fact, he saw it as the perfect time to nap, (laughs) as the perfect time to sleep. He was enjoying the rocking of the box, you know. He felt like he was on a waterbed, (laughs) right? When we begin to transform our mind, how we see situations becomes very different. It becomes very, very different. And how do we transform our minds? You know, one of the best ways to begin to transform our minds is to spend time with God. If I want to think a certain way, right? If we go to uni, we go to school to learn how to think, right? Some people paid, pay thousands, right, to go to, like, um, private schools. Some of them are niche. Why? Because they have the best thinking of our generation. The way that they teach you to think is different to how a state school, you know, teaches you to think. Some people go to um, Oxford, all of these different places. Why? Because you want to learn how they think, how they reason. You have to spend time there, right? You know, even, um, um, like, they say, like, even, have you noticed that most of the prime ministers have gone to Oxford? But not only have they gone to Oxford, they come from a particular college, right, in Oxford. That means that, and they come from a particular club. So the way that the people in that club think and reason it seems to produce prime ministers. Yeah? So if you want to be prime minister, that's one of the quickest ways for you to go, you know, go to that place. If I want to learn French, one of the best ways I can do that is, you know, some people say watch French movies. Some people go to France for a year. 
and immerse themselves in the culture. So if you want to think the way Baghdad thinks, one of the best places to start is by spending time with God. Spending time in prayer, getting to know him. Most of you know that I love talking about the Holy Spirit. Getting to know the Holy Spirit, he's been given to us. It says that um, in the book of John, verse 16, chapter 16, from verse, um, from verse 13, it says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, full and complete truth. The Holy Spirit, he can help you <laughs> to think the ways of God, to think in line with the truth of God's word. It says, for he will not speak of his own initiative, but speaks whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son. If you don't believe that God speaks, that, that verse says it right there, that he will speak. So that means that when you ask him, he wants to speak. It's part of his functions. He wants to speak to us. He wants to teach us. He wants to reveal the truth to us. So if you want your mind to be transformed and renewed, spend time with God in the place of prayer, building intimacy. The closer you get to someone, the more you become like them. Right? They say like father, like son. Why? Because the son has grown up so close to the father, he's just imitated what he sees from the father. He learns to think like his father. If you want to think like God, if you want to think in line with God's kingdom, you have to spend time with him. Because the more time you spend with him, the more you become like him. And then you spend time in his word. You know, it says God, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. God and his word are one. This Bible that we preach and we speak about, that is the very word of God. That is God himself communicating to us. You know, some people like to call the Bible a 66 um, love letter, 66 uh, book love letter to us. Right? Because it teaches us of his love. It teaches us his character. It teaches us the truth. It teaches us how to think. All of the stories that I was sharing, they're all found in the Bible. And it helps us on our Christian walk to actually say, okay, you know, Jesus um, was speaking that, you know, don't worry about, if you're facing anxiety, the thing about the Bible, some people try, are trying to say that, you know, the Bible is outdated and irrelevant. But I don't know about you. Sometimes I go into the Bible, I'm like, oh, why is this thing so accurate? <laughs> like, how is this so accurate? And it was written so many years ago. Right? Are you finding yourself in a place of worry, anxiety? You know, there is, it's, Jesus says, you know, what's worry going to do to you? Worry will not add a hair to your head. That do not worry. That he assures you, he says, I dress the grass, I feed the birds on a daily basis. How much more will I take care of you? So don't worry about tomorrow 
Is it that you're struggling to find your identity or to, you know, are you struggling with your identity or with who God has called you to be or who you think God has called you to be? It's in the Bible. God helps us to begin to think in line with what he has called us to be. So spend time in the Bible, spend time in the word. You know, I won't go through it now because there's a beautiful graphic on our Instagram page where Uncle, um, last week when he was preaching, and he gave us some steps to even help us to study and to read the Bible. And all of these things work together. If you want to enjoy the Bible, maybe say, I try and read my Bible, but I just fall asleep. Invite the Holy Spirit. Invite him. When you open your Bible, say, actually, God, you said this is your word. Help me to read your word. Direct me. Show me even what chapters to read. Lead me in that. So, I, you know, just even to round up, um, I really want us, you know, to grasp the importance of transforming and renewing our mind. Because I truly believe that the moment we continue to yield ourselves to God, we give ourselves to God for him to be able to renew and transform our mind, we will find that even our walk with God becomes, <laughs> it becomes more enjoyable. It becomes, you know, it's in the difficult times, you'd be like Paul in the prison. I was sharing with the guys earlier when we were um, in pre-service prayer, I was like, do you realize how mad that is that Paul was in prison? And they say that prison, yeah. Where it was, it was like in some dungeon. And there was a sewer, a sewer running through it. It wasn't a nice place. But it says that he was full of joy. Even in the prison. What causes someone who's in prison to be able to rejoice? <laughs> you know, it talks about... um. You know, when Peter, is it, um, when they were locked up, they danced and they praised God after their backs were bleeding in prison. What causes a man that in those situations to be able to react like that? I believe that he's caught a truth, a revelation that transpire uh, that that goes beyond the situation that he's in that in the midst of lack do you believe that God is actually the provider as he has said that he is that in the midst of of confusion Of doubt, do you believe that he can bring the truth? That he is truth? That in the midst of difficulty, even in your family, do you believe that he's able to come and deliver? That he's able 
to come and change the situation that nothing is impossible for him to those who believe. To those who believe. You know, it's not that God doesn't want us to give us things. He says, if you ask, it shall be given unto you. I believe that most times the problem is not on the giving side. God is giving. But is our hearts, are we in, are we, do we have the, do we have the, the stature to receive? You know, because right now, if Ty were asking for my phone and I went to give it to her, but she doesn't stretch out her hand to receive, or she doesn't believe, she can ask me, but she doesn't believe I'm actually going to give it to her. If I try to give it to her, she's not receiving. Because even though she's asked, she's not positioned herself to receive. And this all comes in the process of renewing our minds where we <laughs> will be a people that when we pray, we believe the prayers that we've prayed, that God freely will answer our prayers. And this is why I'm saying that revival starts with repentance. Because when we when our minds become transformed and we begin to think the way that God thinks, we will then go forth and seek first the kingdom of God. We will bring the kingdom of God into every sphere, into every area. Right. We will bring God into every, into every situation, into every area of our lives. That when we're at work or at uni, when others are stressed, behind, um, you know, um, all around us will come in and actually say, peace, be still. That we will be the ones to pray for, uh, you know, for our classmates. We'll say, actually, there is one who's able to give you peace. There is one that is able to give you rest. Even in the midst of this difficult and busy situ uh, situation, there is one that is actually able to help you in your assignment. Right, that when we see this sick, someone who's sick, whether in our family or in the street, we know that there is a healer. We understand that God wants to heal. That we will not just walk past and say, oh, sorry, I have sympathy for you. But actually, we will have compassion. That actually, I believe that there is one in whom if I pray and ask, he is able to heal you. He's able to set you free. So what is it that we are believing? What have we set our minds on? Are we conforming to the patterns of this world? To the thinking of this world? Or are we renewing our minds? Are we thinking? Are we training ourselves to think the way that God thinks? Because you know, thinking the way that God thinks, it doesn't mean that situations are not going to come. But it just means how we think and how we deal with situations will become very different. It will become very different. That we'll be able to sleep in the midst of a storm. <laughs> that when we see lack, we see it as an opportunity for God to provide. You know, when Jesus saw 5,000 hungry people, 
He didn't see us. Ah, okay. It's unfortunate. There's no way we can ever be these people. But he saw it as an opportunity for God to show forth his glory, to show himself as a provider. And that's what he did. He took that as an opportunity to partner with God. And so, my question to you tonight is, where do you need to transform your mind? Where do you need the renewing of your mind? In what areas have you held on to beliefs that are contrary to God's word? That are contrary to, to God's ways? In what area have we have we shut God out with our thinking, saying, actually, God, you can't help me here. This is impossible. This situation, I, I'm the only one that can help myself. Or that I've put myself in this mess. There's nothing that you can do to help me. Or that, Lord, I've fallen too many times. There's no way I'm ever going to be free in this area. That this is just who I am. And I can speak from experience that holding on to beliefs, holding on to the lies. Because technically, a lie is anything that goes against God's word. <laughs> Do you realize that? It might be facts in this world that we live in. But if it goes against what God says, it's a lie. Because he is truth. You know, someone always gives this uh, example. That even though this top is gray, if God said it was black, it will have to change to black in that moment. So what lies have we believed? What lies have you believed? Maybe God has spoken and said, actually, this is who you are. And you're like, God, there's no way that can be me. There's no way. Have you seen me? <laughs> Moses said, I don't know how to speak. David could have come up and said, I murdered someone. Paul had murdered people, put people in prison. But God called each and every one of those people. And the moment that he called them, none of that became relevant. None of that became relevant. But it's what he said that drove the way they ended up living their lives. Moses that said he couldn't speak, 
he ended up leading the people out of Egypt in partnership with God. You know, sometimes God says these things to us because, and it seems impossible, but that's the point. So that we can depend on him. So we can rely on him. Maybe God has told you you're going to get a first. But right now, it seems impossible. It seems so difficult. It seems so far-fetched. But maybe all this time you've been just doing it out of your own strength. You've not gone back to the one that told you that you're going to get that first. To say how? How is this going to happen? Help me in this. Because at the moment, (laughs) it's not going that way. When our minds begin, when we transform our minds and renew our minds, when God speaks, you know, I was sharing with the guys earlier that David, I love David. There were two circumstances. One was in 1 Samuel, the other one was in 2 Samuel. They were the same situation, the same battle came, right? It was the Philistines coming to attack. In the first instant, he went back to God and said, God, should should I go and pursue them and attack? God said, go. (laughs) The same situation presented itself again years later. David did not say, actually, this worked last time. So that's the... That's the approach I'm going to take. He went back to God. Because he knew that it was never his victory. It was never his strategy. But he also understood that God, the same God that helped him before and gave him direction before, that he would be the same God to give him direction in this very battle. So yeah, maybe God has spoken to you about certain things. And maybe it looked different. Maybe he spoke to you about something similar and it, in years past and it went a certain way. And you're trying to just take what you knew from before and trying to apply it to the now. But actually, the battle has changed. Or the way that God wants you to approach that situation might have changed. you won't know that until you go to him. And so just ask yourself, like, we're just going to go into a time of just responding to God. If you already know, or as this message was going on, God has been bringing up certain areas that you know you need to repent on. Just ask God to forgive you in those areas. And the beautiful thing about God, even in the process of repentance, he he wants to help us. 
He doesn't leave us to do it alone. He says, my grace is made sufficient in your weaknesses. He empowers us by his grace. You can call on his grace to help you. So actually, God, I want to change my mind in this area, but I don't know how. I want to change how I think or how I approach this situation. I don't know how. Will you help me? He's able to help you. He's able to help you. You know, maybe you find that you wake up tomorrow, <laughs> your YouTube suggestion, you know, there's just one message or there's just one video that will just help you to think in a completely different way. Or maybe he'll send someone to speak to you. However he chooses to do it, he will help you. He will help you. So even as you pray and as you speak to him, speak to him in faith expecting the help believing that he will help you believing that he can he can help you that he is able he is able so yeah let's just spend some time right now just just ask God to help you in the areas that you know you need help. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your amazing love, your mercy, your, your kindness over us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for you are faithful. And thank you, Father God, for as your word says, you correct those you love, Lord. And so, Lord, even as we thank you, Lord, for even bringing this message to us, this message of repentance, Lord. And Lord, just forgive us in the areas where we have reasoned and we have thought or we have held on to mindsets that contrary to your word or that contrary to you or to the way that you originally designed us to be Lord and Father God I just ask tonight that Lord will you help us help us Lord by your grace empower us by your grace Lord to think your thoughts your thoughts to think your thoughts help us Lord even in the process of renewing and transformation Lord Father God give us the desire the hunger to seek after you to see transformation in our lives to see transformation in the way that we think and reason and process Father God, we just ask that will you help us, Lord, even in the areas, in the situations that we feel stuck, Lord, in the areas where maybe we have gone around the same mountain over and over again. Lord, I just declare your freedom tonight. Thank you, Lord, for you are the deliverer. That, Lord, it just 
great strongholds tonight in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, tonight may every stronghold just be cast down in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we just speak your freedom over us tonight. That, Lord, may we go tonight, Yerekatata, with just the freedom, with the freedom, with the newfound freedom, knowing that, Lord, you are able to help us. Uh, you are able to, 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 to deliver us. Uh, that you are able to save us. Uh, you are able to, to provide for us. That uh, you are able, Lord, uh, to come through uh, in whatever situations that we need you to come through, Lord. And Father God, I just ask that even as we repent, Lord, will you fill us up? Precious Holy Spirit, I just welcome you to fill us afresh. Father God, fill us afresh by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, we cannot do this thing without you. <laughs> May we be baptized tonight by your Spirit. That Lord, we will walk and live in the consciousness that God is with us, that he dwells with us. So in everywhere that we walk in, that we are coming in with God himself. Uh, in whatever situation that we find ourselves, that we will know and remember that God is with us. God is with us. Uh, God is with us. Yeah, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, I just, um, I just sense that God really wants to encourage the students in the room. I don't know who this is for specifically, but maybe you're feeling almost hopeless when it comes to your academics or you feel like God is not able to help you in your academics. That yeah, God, you can help me in any other area, but <laughs> when it comes to academics, I don't see how you can help me. And I just feel like God was just reminding me of Daniel and his friends that you realize that it was by the help of God that God gave them wisdom by the help of the Spirit. It says he's the Spirit of wisdom. That they became the wisest among everyone else. That wasn't just in the areas of religion or interpreting dreams. That was in every area. And it says that they became favored. They were favored by the principles. So I don't know who this is for. If that just resonates with you and you know that you need God in the area of your academics, just invite him into that area of your life. That, Lord, I invite you into my academics. I receive your wisdom. <laughs> he knows medicine. He's the one who created the human body. He knows all things. He's the one that created it all. 
You know, it says when he, the Holy Spirit, is come, he will teach you all things. He did not put a cap to what the Holy Spirit can teach you. He didn't say he will teach you all things concerning the Bible. He will teach you all things concerning relationships. But it says all things. So if you believe that he's able to teach you all things, then just call on him to help you in those areas, in your academics. And I believe and I trust and I know that he will do it. He will do it. So just partner with him. You know, before you study, just say, Holy Spirit, I invite you into this study session. Pray, invite God into your study session. Before you enter an exam room, invite him. Before you write an assignment, invite him. You find yourself having ideas and thoughts and like understanding things and you're like, how is that I'm finding it so easy? It's because you've invited him. So invite God into your academics. Surrender yourself to him. Open your heart for him to come and move in those areas. Yeah, so Father God, we just thank you for you are so faithful. And thank you, Father God, for you care about every part of our being. Every part of our being. Everything that concerns us, Lord, thank you for you care about it all. And Lord, I just thank you tonight. And Lord, tonight I just come against fear, anxiety, and worry in the name of Jesus. I just pray that tonight, that Lord, may we walk and leave this place filled with peace. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. May we walk in the reality of your truth that says that you have not given us the spirit of fear but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That, Lord, may we walk in your love, may we walk in your power, and we walk in soundness of mind as we go into this week, Lord. And so, Father God, we just surrender. And, Lord, I just thank you that even as we are transformed by you, that, Lord, we will just be a blessing to others. That you will use our lives to touch many others, that you will use our lives to be a blessing to the world around us, to our friends, to our classmates, to our family, to our workmates, that Lord, may you use our lives to show people your love, and that Lord, may your glory be seen through us. That, Lord, they will encounter you <laughs> everywhere that we go. So, Father God, I just thank you. I give you all the praise. 
give you all the glory. In Jesus' name.